How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Truth is, <laughs> I am Iron Man. Wherever I go, he goes. When people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. And here we go. What's up, everyone? I'm Zach Williamson. I'm here with Luke Goosens today. This is the Culture Crave podcast, and we're talking House of the Dragon, episode two. Yo, what'd you think about the intro? Bro, that's the new was, intro. That's what I was just about to say. The intro. Oh, oh, the new intro, like the intro intro. Or just all of it. I thought it was cool. You're going to have to break it down for me, bud. <laughs> the blood, the music, all the locations. I actually can't believe it. I got the intro actually spoiled for me because I wasn't able to watch the episode right away. And then people were already fucking posting about how it was the same same song. So I was like, I kind of had a feeling that they might do that just because the, the same intro is, it's the same theme song, the same theme. Yeah, no shit. Oh, I know. But what I'm saying is this, oh, no one knew you this was going to be, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was information that they were withholding from everyone because they were like, oh, it'll be a big reveal in the second episode. But after it happened, it makes sense because it's so iconic. Y- yeah, well, why wouldn't they do that? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that also even further just t- makes them feel like the same story. This is really connected to Game of Thrones, even if it's 200 years later. Yeah, so the intro, basically it's just showing the Targaryen bloodlines. The first thing, it shows the Doom of Valyria, and then it's showing Aegon's sigil, or it's just supposed to signify Aegon, and then it bloodlines go down, and then it splits to his two sons, and so on. And so that's how it goes uh. all the way through. I think it goes all the way to, it might go all the way to Daenerys, but I I haven't rewatched it to really do a complete breakdown of every single person they're showing, but really it's supposed to show the bloodlines of the Targaryens. Got you. Yeah. So, and which is interesting because I saw a lot of people actually complaining because everyone's like, oh, fuck, we don't know what, usually the other ones would show what locations are going to be in the season. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I think it's fine. It was cool and it was really cool effects too. I thought when you said intro, I thought you were talking about the the crab intro. No, I'm not even at that part yet. I was just like watching the... Because that intro was kick-ass. Yeah, bro. You know what? Uh, this episode was a really good setup episode. I felt like I didn't... Just really good world building and setting up a lot of things now, too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the first entry, dude, you're just getting eaten by crabs and shit. I can't wait for the Crab Lord reveal. Oh, didn't they? I thought they were showing him at the end, but I don't know if it's... I don't. Is that him or is that just one of his... One of his guys. Guys, like, just to make him seem scary. I don't know, dude. Because that is a wild me, little mask thing, but... Yeah. It didn't seem like the big baddie to me. Hmm. I I didn't think it at first, because I think they showed him even at the very beginning, or they showed someone. But at the end, when they zoomed in on his face, I felt like that's who they were talking about. But for me, it didn't feel like this was ever going to be a massive reveal of who he was. I don't think the show has been casting any crazy big-ass actors that they have hidden. They don't need to do that kind of stuff, Game of Thrones, so. No, I know. I'm just saying the demeanor of the, the guy. Oh, you didn't think end. he was the guy. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not talking about, like, it needs to be some well-known actor. Yeah, no, I, I honestly thought that was the dude at the end. We'll see, though, I guess. Maybe it is. And I, it yeah, and I just, and I saw a lot of the press, just a lot of outlets looked like when they were talking about the crab feeder guy, that they would use that image. But it, you're totally right. It could just be a minion guy. And they build him up to be something a little bit more. Maybe he is a crab feeder. I don't Because what timestamp is it, too? Because it was the very end of the episode, right? 5338. 
Damn, that scene right before it too was so good with Damon and they do. Coralus. Yeah, they do such a good job of cutting scenes together and building a vibe or a, like a theme. These guys are talking and then at the same time it cuts to the scene of the dude nailing the guy into the wood and then the crabs are coming in and then it cuts back over to Damon and Corliss or what's his name? Not Corliss. Corliss. Yeah, Corliss. Yeah, okay. Corliss. Corliss. Cuts back yeah. over to Damon and Corliss then it cuts back over to the guy with the freaky mask or maybe it's not a mask i can't really tell maybe that is the dude he, he is wearing a mask or something like a leather mask yeah why though he might just be a minion guy though You're that's right. why i was thinking he might just be a minion because it's just like spooky it's not yeah, like, everyone all those guys look like they're nailing people up yeah so looking into the imdb for the person playing the crab feeder it's a guy named daniel scott smith and it's confirmed that that was the dude in episode two they did show him and see, even this too, one of the big complaints, everyone's, oh, you're only focusing on one family. You're not going to have enough storylines because that was always one of the problems, I think, with Game of Thrones season eight was that you didn't have as many characters storylines happening. It was all happening in there, mm-hmm. you know, in the north. Mm-hmm. But this is a storyline right here that Damon's going to have his own storyline really in the show. You're focusing on Rhaenyra, too, and the daughters, both the daughters. I mean, It just feels like well, there still is little stories happening, even if it's not as big a scope. I mean, this the is the of, exact same thing as Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones or Game of Thrones scope. Game of Thrones was focused on the Starks and it just followed all the kids plot lines. This is just focused on the Targaryens and now it's focusing on all the different Targaryens. Pretty much the same thing. There was it followed all the Starks for sure, but it also followed all the all the Lannisters. Yeah. And the Baratheons. But the Starks, they carried the show through. Yeah, they were the right. supposed to be the heroes, the good characters for sure. But there's even points where they didn't even show Starks, man. There was a whole season where Brandon wasn't even in the show. I know, because no one gave a fuck about Bran. <laughs> but yeah, so it's still less storylines than the early seasons of Game of Thrones. Because the early seasons, at least especially after Ned died, I felt like, yeah, you're, you're following all the kids for sure. But you were also following Tyrion heavily. Yeah, and that's true. Okay, that's after the first season, bro. This is episode two. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. They're very similar. Like, there's too. still lots of building characters to be introduced. Yeah, yeah, and even this episode, just all of it, it just really good setup with all these characters, and even them showing them picking a uh, Kingsguard. I have we ever seen it like that? That felt very formal. I don't think that they did anything like that in the first no. show. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Those Kingsguard uniforms are so badass. The helmets that they have and the armor. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that, that scene in Dragonstone was sick, man. They do really... This show makes Dragonstone look so eerie and unique mm-hmm. with the filters. And even when she rode in, too, that was so badass. <laughs> that was badass. Her badass. dragon is way smaller than Damon's dragon, though. Yeah, yeah, probably. It's probably a younger dragon. I'm not, I think she's the first one to mate or to like be connected with her dragon, but Damon's might be a second generation dragon. Oh, potentially. That's kind of badass. Yeah, don't quote me on that. But you know what? Let's look this up. This would actually be a really, that's a really interesting thing to look into. Let's look up Ranra's dragon. What's his name? Like Craxus or Craxus? Man, I do not know. It says on the back of a young dragon. Who she named. So she named the dragon, meaning that it's really young. Okay, so let's see. Damon's dragon. His was Caraxes. His is Caraxes. What is... Yeah. 
But Eamon, so he had an, oh, oh wait, 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 hopefully that is not. Okay. Was the dragon ridden at first by Prince Aemon Targaryen and later by Prince Daemon Targaryen? So Aemon was Jaehaerys. That was one of his sons who died. Yeah. So okay. that's second generation dragon. So that definitely makes sense, bro. Yeah, he's a lot bigger. Yeah. Bigger boy for sure. Sick boy. He's probably one of the older dragons in this in this thing. Now, because didn't they say another dragon is just off doing her thing? Yeah. Who was that dragon? She was... One of the OG dragons, not OG dragons, but one of the firstborn dragons in Westeros after, I don't remember what her name was, Vagar. Is that what they said? Let's look it up. Vagar. And she would be closer to Balerion, who was the last OG dragon that they also talk about. And you see his head in the background. Born in 52. Cyrax. Oh, man. Dude. Her dragon's name so she was. So this, the one dragon that they're talking about, the biggest one, Visenya, she was, or sorry, Vagar, that dragon was born 52 years so before Aegon Targaryen, the original, was born. She's fucking old dragon. Damn, for sure. Probably massive. That's, that's going to be a big-ass dragon. They probably are saving, saving that one for the next season because they're like, yeah, we're going to have to throw some budget just at this one dragon. Yeah, but what would they bring the dragon in for? Who could be able to bring that well, dragon back she probably maybe she's not bonded with anyone right now but a new targaryen it seems like this show is moving fast in the timeline right this is six months after the first episode and then we're about to see another time jump in the next episode where her dad viserys is going to have another kid already who he named aegon i don't know if you watched the trailer or the teaser for the next episode no yeah, so in the little teaser, they show another massive time jump at least a year. Yeah, what was the time jump between the first episode and this episode? It was... This was six months. Six months, yeah, that was a lot. Mm-hmm. Six months since... Well, how'd they say her name? Emma? Emma? Since she died. Yeah. Moving kind of quick, ma'am. I, I, don't, I, I wonder where they're going to end the storyline this season because... It's very clearly going towards the Dance of the Dragons, but I don't know if it's going to be at the end of the season or if that's going to be what kicks off season two or season three, maybe halfway through season two. Otto Hightower playing some 3D chess with his daughter. <laughs> Bro. Bro, just that's some fucked up shit. Yeah, man. Like he's literally I, uh, just using her as a pawn to like keep power. Mm-hmm. Or try to take power, man. Or take power. He's scheming. But, I mean... I feel like he just wants to keep power in his family. It's not like he can take power. Yeah, well, I mean, your house... I guess he has more leverage, yeah. If you have an heir... Sorry, if you have... He's already anti-making Rhaenyra queen. He didn't recommend that. Yeah. Or naming her as an heir. So he's already anti-women. And the way he treats his daughter, too. But yeah, I mean, so if they have a kid, then technically that would be another heir. And every, like like uh, the old queen was saying, what was her name? Rhaenys? She was saying that Dude, they're not going to let a woman be queen, even if no matter what. So that could be something there for sure, that storyline. So that's how his house can move ahead, though, is if his grandson is the king. What's Otto's daughter's name? Allison. Allison. Did you, do you think she saw that coming? I don't know. When, when I watched, I read some interviews between the actresses, actually, after this episode, and I watched the behind-the-scenes thing, and she said that she's really just playing it. The way she was told to play it is just that, she likes the king as in she's seen what went through her dad went through and she actually wants to help the guy. And the way she was told to play it was not that she's scheming. She's being used. Yeah, essentially, she's like just you're like saying doing this. as her dad says, like going to see the king. Yeah, nice. even at the end, 
he was like, are you going to see the king tonight? And she said, if you want me to. Yeah. It's not like she said that she wanted to. She does think the king is a nice man, is what the actress said. Yeah. And the king likes her too, because he feels like she is a person, while everyone else maybe is trying, wants something out of him, he doesn't feel like she wants something out of him. Mm -hmm. Which is another reason why he picked her. But picking her was kind of a foolish move. <laughs> like everyone else For was real. So dumb. Even the... Even the hand was like, it's a good match. Who was scheming what? his own the daughter hand? either way? His hand, the guy who, the hand, what's his name? Otto Hightower. High, high, Hightower. Yeah, Otto Hightower. Even said at one point, he was like, it's a good match when they were, when he was talking to all of his people. Oh, I don't even remember that. <laughs> yeah, it was super early. But then he was saying also, I wouldn't want to be pimped off basically or doing something for duty this soon after. Like he didn't, he, he played both sides of it. Yeah. Yeah, all that right there. Oh, and then I was reading another interview too, which is interesting that both the actresses who play Rhaenyra and Allison, they said that they also played the script as in they potentially like each other more than friends. What? The two girls. <laughs> Dude, there's so much random shit. Rhaenyra and Damon got some weird shit going on. Now Rhaenyra and Allison got some shit going on. Like, bro. It's weird, your uncle, for sure. <laughs> That's fucking weird. But with Alicent and Rhaenyra, they're the only young girls in the Red Keep. They're teens. They may not know exactly their feelings for each other or anyone. It seems to be the case with Rhaenyra right now with Damon, too. Even in this episode, though, I didn't think she was jealous when she when her uncle was saying he wanted to get married. Did you think that? I didn't feel like that was the vibe I got from her. I, I actually felt like she was more hurt that, yo, I know you're you're taking shots at my dad, but why are you involving me on this? I didn't choose yeah. any of this. Yeah. She didn't ask for that. It just happened. And even I felt like Damon then picked that up a little bit too, that it's not really, <laughs> she's, she's get, getting caught in the crossfire of this. Because mm -hmm. he does care about both of them. I feel like those are the only two people, his, his niece and his brother. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, quick little ad break here for the next 30 seconds is about to pop up. Please let it ride over a little bit just so we can get some of that ad revenue. Well, also, he cares about the... What's that lady's name? It's like Massandra or something. Massandra? Like it seems like he cares about her, even though he kind of just used her as a pawn at the end of the episode. Yeah. He didn't blow up on her. Masara. Masaria? M-Y-S-A-R-I-A. Masaria. AKA Lady Misery. Like every interaction between the two, it seems like he genuinely cares about her. Just the things That's that true. he does to her outside of when they're not together, things that he does. Yeah, I guess I should have clarified. I meant in his family, I think the only people it really feels like he cares about is his brother and his niece and his direct Targaryen mm -hmm. family. Which also or makes just me the think small like council. Damon's not really a, a bad guy. Totally. He's just a gray character. They're yeah. all kind of gray. Mm -hmm. which is another cool thing about this show is that's very Game of Thrones. And it's not like he's always wrong with a lot of things that he says. He definitely, but the thing is, in the yeah, end, he, he really fucked up for stealing the egg. Yeah, he's an idiot. He really did do all this for his brother's attention, though, in the end, because he's not getting married right away. He's not yeah. having a kid at that moment. He fucking stole the egg so that his brother would acknowledge him because it's just, his brother just doesn't give a fuck and has let him sit up in Dragonstone for yeah. six months because he's like, all right, well, if he's there, then I don't have to worry about him. Yeah, which is almost like <laughs> a power move that no one else sees. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That's what I'm That's what I'm thinking, too. He finally got pissed because, all right, you're stealing eggs now. This is, And it was an egg that was meant for yeah. 
his son. It's really just him lashing out and being mm-hmm. being an asshole. Well, everyone thinks he's an idiot. He's he's like, nah, dude, I don't care. Who, Damon? No, Viserys. Oh, her. Viserys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was. it felt like he was only going to do this now because everyone's watching him. How are you going to handle this situation? And there's yeah. this other situation that's going on. But yeah, I mean, the setup with sending Damon over there, that is vaguely in my mind what I remember was going to happen from the, you know, from reading Fire and Blood and all that. Mm -hmm. So then that happened. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes total fucking sense that they're going to send Damon over there. And that's how Damon's going to start building his own legacy in Westeros. One of the other ways, because he's already supposedly they like him in King's Landing from if we base if we take some of the book knowledge. People in the book were really happy that he actually went out, took out all the robbers and and criminals and thieves and rapists and all mm-hmm. that. He was praised for all that kind of stuff. I wonder if they have a deleted scene like that. I don't know if they will, but didn't they call him the Prince of Flea Bottom, Flea Bottom or something like that? Uh, in the first episode, did they do that in the show yet? But in the in the in the book, he's that's what he's referred to as because he sort of is a champion for those people. He can go and be in high, you know go up, do all the highborn stuff, and then he'd come down and still do, go to those bars and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. I guess what I was, what I was saying too with Rhaenyra and Allison, that's also very different than the book because the book, Rhaenyra is like eight years old or nine years old when she's named heir. This, she's clearly 14, 15. 15. 15, yeah. And from what I'm reading, I, I was trying to figure out what the exact age of Allison was, and it sounds like they're pretty much the same age. She might be a year older. Mm-hmm. And, but in the book, in the in the Fire and Blood, she's like 19. So she, there's a 10 to 11 year age gap. And her dad, Viserys, is only in his late 30s in the book. But this, he definitely looks like he's late 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, what? The actor, at least. Maybe even older, dude. He Maybe 50s. He does look like he's pretty fucking old. Like the and- beard don't help. Yeah. It's hard to tell, though, because they're all wearing these blonde wigs that just makes them look older, too. (laughs) What's the significance of all of Viserys' ailment? He's getting wounds on his back, his pinky finger. It's from touching that nasty, rusty seat. Why do they keep coming back and touching on it? What's the point of it? Well, what do you think? Where do you you think it's going with that? I don't know. Because they can't cure it. It seems like they're not able to cure some of these things, too. So that eventually, eventually that would probably kill you. Death. Or you'd have to cut your finger off. Death of a, by a thousand cuts. Well, what would happen? Would you get like tetanus? Tetanus can kill you, right? If you had no way to cure it? Yeah, for sure. I say a fuck up, but it's... All these things, he's hurting himself. He's doing these things to himself, which is like him sitting on the throne. You're cutting yourself, you know, on accident, but you're doing it. You're still cutting yourself. So... Maybe. I don't know. I'm just fucking throwing shit on a wall. I got what you're saying. I don't know if, if it's anything like that, but I, I think it's going to eventually lead to something. And I'll look up research and see what would happen long term from from stuff like this, because there's probably this is probably based off some real world shit it has to be. And, then, um, and it, it also then shows too why eventually they change the throne room, like they get rid of all the fucking swords and the chair is also a little bit different in Game of Thrones. That is this is true. They didn't have all those fucking swords like on the sides and shit. I wonder if there's any other previous kings or anyone who sat on the throne who has died from something similar. 
I think in the history of Westeros, there was someone who did it. And I don't know if it's him or not, so I'm not looking it up. <laughs> like, if this is what eventually... Yeah, man, because you're sitting on this fucking rusty-ass chair, for real. Okay, then, well, then what do you think is the point of him getting all these cuts? Because this has to mean something. Maybe it won't heal, for one, for stress. And then, two, it's they just don't have a proper cure for what is happening to him. And then eventually it could end up... get He could get cut again. And who knows what it could be? Maybe something more fatal. Because I don't know. I mean, I feel like as you're getting, you think older, this is just going to lead to his demise. I don't know if it will do it right away, but it could over a long period of time. And we're already at six months here, and that's 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 his finger after six months. Like that shit hasn't healed in six months since he cut it. So I don't know. It could take years though, because we are, we know that eventually there's a time jump with these characters. So it could be a long time. Some sort of yeah. foreshadowing though. The Mad King also has been cut by the Iron Throne in the books. I feel like with a lot of these decisions, this might be the first one where he's doing it. This one, I guess, is based off his preference, whereas before it was with his with having a son, that's technically his duty. He's supposed to have a son. But he wanted a son. He did want a son, but he wanted an heir. He wanted to just make sure that he's passing on his doing, literally doing his duty. I like you have to have a son. I think it was explained like that. I just think that he wants to be do be the best that he can as a king, and one of your main responsibilities for is sure. To, but I mean, for the realm it, in that aspect, bro, he literally had a dream that he had a son. You know what I'm saying? It, it seemed like he just really wanted a son. Mm. Well, also, there's the Targaryen dreams, and some of them do end up being real visions. But yeah, that's you're okay. right. You're right too. He wanted a son, so I had a dream. I also think it it is a huge factor was duty. And then let's see what else. Like the next decision. The decision, though, to name her as an heir was, for one, he was pissed at Damon. And then two, it was I probably more than the other reason was that he just felt like he had felt really guilty for what happened to his wife. And this is what she would want probably to happen. And this decision, well, you can do it for what is probably the duty or you can choose what you prefer. And it said behind the scenes that he said she was the only one that he hasn't felt like there was a a motive behind it mm-hmm. or that she genuinely liked him. Mm-hmm. What other decision do we, do we say? Oh yeah, with Damon. But how do you handle that? How, what do we do? I feel like you got to do, you got to give him a job to do because he's not going back to wherever he's supposed to. I can't remember where his wife's at. Uh, what's the fucking sky people? Martell's? No. Sky what? people? Oh, you're talking about the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The Martell's. With the, with the fucking that- sky hole. Skyhole. That's it. That's where his wife is. It's not. It's not called Skyhole, but they have the Skyhole in it. What is it? Let's see. That's where his wife's from. The Eerie. The Eerie. Right. E Y R I E. Yeah. And the Moon Door. Yeah. The Eerie. Anyway. Yeah. No. I don't think he wants to go back up there. But yeah, man. What else we got here? Next episode seems like it's going to be a quite more action-packed one compared to this one. But this was still good, too. This felt like a classic Game of Thrones episode with, like, a lot of buildup and a lot of character development and world building. The Veil, right? The Veil. No, the Veil. Aren't the Veil people who are loyal to the Eerie, or is it? Let's see. I thought the Veil was the Skydor people. The Eerie is an ancient castle and seat of House Aaron. No, bro. So think of it this way. The Winterfell Winterfell rules the North. Yes. And the Starks run that. This would be the Aaron's rule the veil and they live in Erie. Thank you. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. No problem. <laughs> yeah, that's like the castle. Yeah, bro, they're, they're with, for a second. We weren't wrong. <laughs> the moon we door. weren't wrong. Then, no, we right? weren't. We, yeah, we, okay. we were wrong. Bro, we I, thought like I, was 
<laughs> we're gonna have just the dudes who leave us bad reviews and say bro these guys don't even know their fucking basic game of thrones knowledge i know all the fucking nerds <laughs> sorry man i can't remember every goddamn detail I know, there's game so of thrones. much shit yeah um but anyway so yeah man i don't i don't think that i don't know what how i would deal with him because Damon's not going to listen and you can't kill your brother. Honestly, when you think about that, yeah, bro, I couldn't kill my brother. Just go out, open war for him going and grabbing this castle. And like, at the same time, he probably knows why Damon hates her. Because he didn't, he didn't get a choose and he kind of gets that. It's the same idea right now. What's happening with him is that he, there was something he could have done that was probably better for his house and for the land, but he chose to do something. He chose Alicent, because that was his preference, his personal preference. Yeah. He knew he had to get a new wife as a king. He had to do his duty in that regard, but he wanted to pick who it would be. Mm-hmm. So it's actually similar to Damon in that regard that he wants, he does feel like, you're right, he totally cares about that woman. Mm-hmm. And he could be lying, though. He could be saying all this stuff. I, I don't remember the history of what happens with Damon with his wife or his second wife. but And they also explicitly said that, too, that, you can have multiple wives. It's like a tradition of old Valyria. That was interesting because we were talking about that last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he could get another wife potentially then in the show. Like I could see it that he goes over and takes care of this situation out in, where the, what is it called? The Stone, Stonelands or something? Where are they going to again? Stone something? <laughs> what is it? Stepstones. The Stepstones. And let's see where the step zones are located. If you're comparing it to America, Westeros map. Damn, bro. The step zones are, they're really just right next to Dorne. It's Dorne and then the step zones. Super south, bottom of Westeros. And then it connects over to Essos, basically. Even, hold on. Let's see even where this is to King's Landing. That actually doesn't even look that far. Westeros is so massive, too. It looks like just a little island. I don't have any fan questions or anything either, so we can probably just wrap it up. Or there's no fan questions? Zero? I didn't actually even tweet anything out. Oh, gotcha. Oh, I take it back. King's Landing is more north. It looks like way more north, actually. But then the north Not is way so more north. It's, it's, so there's that one big bay, right? By Dorne. Yeah, there's that... There's two two, bays. Then the teeny one up there, just north of it. Then there's one more just to the north. So you have the narrow sea. And then it's at like the bottom of the narrow sea is where the step zones are. And the Sunspear, which is, I think, the capital of Dorne, that is really close to it, too. Which is interesting because when you get the Dorns involved. King's Landing is in the middle, right? Yeah. Yeah, King's Landing's up north. Just south of the Vale. Mm -hmm. And it's really close to Dragonstone. Well, yeah, isn't Dragonstone that little island just off of it? Mm-hmm. And there's even another thing on this map that is a big one that's right next to Dragonstone. Like where the Valerians are from, where Coralus's house is from, it's just on that other island right next to Dragonstone. What? So that's why it would, probably was so easy for Damon to go over, or for Coralus to go talk to Damon. Oh, that makes sense. That teeny little island? If you can see where Dragonstone is... Literally, that island that's uh, right Lord, next to it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't I don't remember the name of it, but let's look it up. Valerian. Yeah. Also, I looked up what happened to the Valerians after, and they just didn't include them in Game of Thrones at all. They cut them out. What? Oh, the Valerians. They just cut, the family. Yeah, House Valerian. Like, they, yeah. they're still around. 
Hmm. Okay, hold on. So they were living. Oh, Driftmark. They said that in the show. Driftmark. All right, man. So that's it. We good. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the daughter that they showed too for Corliss, that's one of the characters that was gonna, is going to get aged up eventually in the show. There's four characters that they are going to have a huge jump. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyone who's considered a teenager or younger in this show, in this in these first couple episodes, is going to get time jumped up. Oh, so to a new, Rhaenyra, to a new actor. Oh, so Rhaenyra, Allison. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of nuts. Yeah. Yeah, because they're going to then depict them eventually closer to their 30s, probably. Huh. Or however the ages are. I don't really know what, how much the time jump will be because it's a, it's a bit different. In the than, next season? I don't... That's not going to be that next season. They already cast... Those actors... If you watch the trailer, you can see who plays them. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so it's going to be... Episode? <laughs> no, I don't think it'll be next episode. I think it will probably be... Because there's 10 episodes in this first season, so probably episode four or five... Oh, okay. Six, maybe. Okay. Then there'll be a time jump. So some big breaking news to close out our House of the Dragon episode two pod. Miguel Sapochnik, the co-showrunner of House of the Dragon, is leaving the show. They have, are bringing in Alan Taylor to sort of replace and direct in episode two, multiple episodes in episode two. He was a director in seasons one and two of Game of Thrones, definitely helped develop the style and the feel of the Game of Thrones world. He also did Beyond the Wall later in the show. Very good director to help replace this. But this is a big loss. Miguel Sapochnik, he had my favorite episodes in Game of Thrones, including Hard, Hard Home, Battle of the Bastards. It sounds like, though, this was something that could have always happened. It was a big thing to even try to bring him back because I remember... A couple years ago, he said he would never do Game of Thrones again. And it really took going to an event, like a Game of Thrones event, and seeing how many fans were there and how there was still a big love for the show where he was like, okay, I can come back to this. And it took George R. R. Martin calling him up and saying, hey, we can't do this. We can't launch the show without you. Plus, he's still great friends with Ryan Condal, who's the current showrunner, is going to take over as the solo showrunner. Working with George R. R. Martin still, of course. And to me, though, I feel like this isn't necessarily goodbye. He still has a deal now with HBO, first look deal to develop his own new projects. He's still going to be executive producer of House of the Dragon. I still feel like farther down the line, there's going to be some massive battles, massive sequences. And Miguel is still the guy for that, that I would not be shocked if he comes back over the next couple of years and directs one to two episodes. But it just sounds like he was really tired. He was super involved with season eight, too, and doing the episodes like The Long Night, and just said a lot of that took a lot of out of him because for those nights, that was 30 days in a row of night shoots for those kind of episodes. And this took three years to develop this show with COVID and everything. So I think he just wants to take a step back and do something different. So that's our House of the Dragon E2 pod, everyone. Make sure to leave us a rating review on Apple and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Culture Cray. We also have at Thrones underscore facts. My handle's at my tweets mid. Hit me up if you have any questions that you want us to talk about on air for the next episode. We'll be back with House of the Dragon episode three. And we're going to probably do on the back half, do the first two episodes of Lord of the Rings, which air September 2nd.